How about those Philadelphia Phillies for the first time in 20 years? The Phillies go into Boston and win a series. Only two games, but a sweep nonetheless as the Phillies handle business in Boston. A 5-2 victory last night after the 3-2 victory the night before, taking both games up in Boston, improving to 66 and 60 on the season. We will dive into it all. This is Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Thursday, August the 22nd, as we come off a fun little series in Boston. The Phillies go up and, and handle business after winning four straight. The juice is flowing. Of course, the Harper walk-off in that third game of that four-game winning streak, the grand slam, the excitement. And then they lose those last two against San Diego, and, and it really put a a damper on the excitement surrounding this team, on the belief that they could possibly be starting to go on a run at the time they need to go on a run, as we've talked about it with the way the schedule shakes out. And they lost those two games, and it really kind of put a damper on it. And then to come back, go to Boston, win the next two, now winning six of eight. It's not quite the run we want yet, but... It's heading in the right direction. They have an off day today. Then they head to Miami for three. Obviously, they have not handled Miami like they should this season. But having said that, Miami way out of it in terms of the season. Their season is over, and you hope that the Phillies with something to play for and maybe a touch of momentum building here, even though that does not seem to mean anything for this Phillies team this year. The term momentum has been meaningless this season but hopefully maybe maybe some of that momentum can carry over the two off days this week help as well monday and thursday this week today so two off days a well-rested team heading into miami as they really need to handle business two of three at worst a sweep would be ideal as the phillies did just sweep in boston again only two games but i will take it you will take it we will all take it a sweep as last night after a nice win uh game one three to two aaron nola just uh, does what he does and goes out and dominates. And it's just absolutely awesome. Gives him seven two-run innings. And then the bullpen able to hold on. Mike Morin and Jose Alvarez combined to get through the eighth inning. And then Hector Neris comes in and shuts it down the ninth with the help of some fancy defense, especially from Gene Segura. And to be fair, the help of some poor base running from the Red Sox as well. That didn't hurt. Either way, the Phillies able to escape a 3-2 victory in a game that it really felt like they were going to lose the team this season, the way they've played, the types of uh, situations like that have often not gone the way we want them to, and they did in game one. And then last night, another game just like it where you feel like the Phillies lose this game most times this season, but they're able to handle their business against the, the Red Sox and find a way to win it. As they go down early, they go down 2-0 by the end of the second inning. Uh, Raphael Devers double scores Mookie Betts. The first two hitters of the game double off Smiley, making it 1-0 quickly. Smiley ends up loading the bases there, gets out of it, then gives up a JBJ. Jackie Bradley Jr. home run in the second inning as Bradley Jr. Uh, has struggles against most teams, but against the Phillies homers in each game. <laughs> he plays them, but uh, Smiley ultimately not a good outing. Three and two-thirds, two earned, five hits, three walks, eight base runners. And those three and two-thirds, not great. That is not ideal. It does have four strikeouts, and there gives up the one home run to Jackie Bradley Jr., but not a great outing for Smiley. However, it was a great outing for the bullpen as the bullpen comes in and 
Grinds out five and a third shutout innings. Jared Hughes ends up getting the win. He goes an inning and a third. Gets out of a tough spot there when he comes in for Smiley. Then Ranger Suarez pitches a clean inning and a third. Couple Ks in there. Mike Morin comes in and gets a couple outs. Jose Alvarez comes in and pitches a clean eighth. Uh, Did give up a hit, but uh, gets a huge strikeout to end the inning with runners on and you are you are nervous as hell there and Alvarez a huge strikeout to end the inning and then Actoneris comes in after the Phillies add another the Phillies score their runs in the fifth mostly as they take a three two lead in the fifth that was the first sign of life Cesar Hernandez uh, gets on base um, hits a double gets uh, to uh, a wild pitch able to take third and able to come home a wild pitch and a bad throw to third excuse me and um He's able to take home. He scores on an error, uh, which on uh, the third baseman, Aviel Devers, he's unable to corral the ball. And Cesar sprints home for the first run, and then Adam Hazley would get on base. And later that inning, Bryce Harper would say hello to the monster as Bryce goes oppo boppo. A shot over the monster gives him a 3-2 lead, which they would never relinquish. Corey Dickerson adds a... RBI triple in the seventh and an RBI single in the ninth, scoring Reese Hoskins both times, which was nice to see Hoskins on base three times again, one for three, but two walks again, two straight nights. He got on base three times in his 10 plate appearances in Boston. He gets on base six times. That's what you want out of a leadoff. It was great to see maybe Charlie able to kind of help out here as Hoskins scores two runs, which were crucially important at the end there to kind of, give them that cushion to at least make us feel a little better. I'm sure help them feel a little better as well. The bats weren't necessarily potent per se against Rick Porcello who's really struggled this season, but they're able to get enough, uh, just enough to get the job done. Only six hits combined with eight walks on the evening, which really helps. So they do get 14 base runners, but um, the Harper home run, the big one is that again, it seems like a lot of Bryce Harper's homers are clutch late in game to give the team the lead type homers. And uh, he had another one yesterday as Harper just continues to be white hot in the month of August as he has just been really outstanding for this team in the month of August uh, as he is uh, really just playing really, really good baseball right now. And, uh, you know, minus that one game, the Saturday game against the Padres and then the dehydration game, he has been just the best hitter on the team, kind of helping to carry the team at times and hitting obviously some big home runs, the biggest home run in a long time as a Philly in that walk-off against the Cubs in the bottom of the ninth. But in general, you know, the homer last night was a monster homer, the homer in the first game of the Padres series. Monster homer. These are big homers that have helped the team win games, and they've come in crucial spots, spots where the team needed it. And that's what Harper can do. Harper can, you know, as we've talked about, throw a team on his back for a period of time. And right now it feels like he's doing that, especially you know, when you look down the lineup, Hoskins obviously has been mired in the worst slump of his career. Granted, the last two nights hopefully made him breaking out of it a little bit. Um, Romuto's been hot prior to the last few games. He has uh, kind of gone on a bit of a cold streak since then. Dickerson's been solid but not spectacular. Segura's been very hot. Segura's played well. Um, Kingery, you know, has been fine. Cesar has been fine, but it's really been Bryce Harper over the last few weeks that has really taken it upon himself to, to kind of throw this team on his back. And that's exactly what they need from Bryce Harper. Now up to 27 home runs on the season. It felt like just yesterday he was at 17, didn't it? 18. And all of a sudden Harper going on a tear 
and it's exactly what this Phillies team needs. As we've said hundreds of times throughout this you know, kind of frustrating up-and-down type of season, it's been that the one guy who has the chance to change the fortunes of the team is Reza, is uh, is Bryce Harper. He's the one guy who really on his own, and Aaron Nola on the, the flip side of that as a pitcher, but we all know that Nola has had no issue going out and you know just twirling every fifth day with no issues. But uh, really in terms of, of the lineup, which has been the, the real disappointment in terms of underperforming expectations, Bryce Harper was the guy who could really change that in, in one fell swoop, and he has done that so far in the month of August. And um, this six of eight winning streak, you know, kind of little mini run they're on right now has been in a large part due to Bryce Harper as well. So um, shout out to Harper. Shout out to us finally getting to see the guy that they brought in, the guy we were expecting to see, obviously has had some rough moments this year, but really starting to put it all together and starting to kind of put this team on his back and make his presence known as the best player on the team, the face of the team, all that stuff. And it's it's really exciting to watch, and it, it gives you more hope, I think. You know, obviously I don't think anyone has real delusions about this team being a uh, uh, World Series contender right at this moment. And, you know, I think a, a lot of people would say they expect them to go into Miami and, and, and lose two or three. You know, that's what they've done this year. That's what they did with the Padres. They sweep the Cubs. They win four straight winning that first game, and then they lose two. That's what they've done, but... Um, they go to Boston and win these two, and you know Harper. That's that's a real positive that you can look to. Again, we'll, we'll look at to, to Miami coming up later, and obviously tomorrow as well. But um, I, I think that you know, I, again, I, I, we've kind of been fooled by this team too many times this year to say that just because they went up to Boston and won two games means that you know we're back in or, or they're going on a run. Because I, I think that that would be foolish to say that at this point. We've seen too much evidence to to. Con- to be you know to be con- contrary to that but having said that again as we've said numerous times as well if they're going to go on a run now's the time and um the two wins in Boston don't hurt and I think the way Bryce Harper's playing is is the real thing that you can look at and maybe say well that could make a big difference over the last month uh, you know of the season month plus 36 games whatever they've left so um I think you feel really good about Harper right now and, and his chance to to be an impact player for this team down the stretch. And look, Reese Hoskins, you know, six out of 10 times on base in Boston, that helps. We talked a lot, a lot about the idea of Charlie getting the opportunity to work with Reese on a off day this week. I'll have another off day today. They Maybe they can work some more, but that, you know, maybe Charlie can figure something out with Hoskins and, and kind of help him get to where he needs to be. And, um, Certainly seems like, at least in Boston, a better series for Reese. He looked more comfortable at the plate. Um, you know, again, not where he needs to be, but hit a couple balls sharply. Uh, starting to feel a little better about the potential to turn around. We know that Hoskins can turn around pretty quickly. And again, look, if if you could actually have Reese and, and Harper locked in at the same time, that is not something we've seen this season. I, you know, imagine what it could be if those both guys can can find that groove. Harper's in it. If Hoskins can get to it, it could be a really exciting opportunity for this offense to help kind of carry this team into the playoffs potentially is again while while I wouldn't bet on them making the playoffs they're right there as we've talked about they don't fall out it's it's too it's too close there and having Harper and Hoskins firing on all cylinders really could go a long way it could go a long way because we haven't seen that yet this year and you know they're still 66 and 60 they're still right there in the the playoff chase for that second wild guard spot so with that in mind, you know, if, if, if Harper and Hoskins can really get grooving at the same time, what what a what an exciting proposition that is. And that's not even talking about Segura being locked in and Romuto, 
you know, for the most part, playing better and the, the potential. And Corey Dickerson, a really nice addition to the lineup. We saw it last night with a couple big hits. He's just a good hitter. He's a smart hitter. You know, they have a little bit more depth. I don't think you feel great about Logan Morrison or Brad Miller or whatever, but, you know, those guys are okay. At least there's a little depth there. I think Lomo is someone who can come up in a big spot and potentially hit one out of the park for you maybe against a right-handed pitcher, which is something they don't have a lot of. But I think that for a lineup that outside of the first week of the season, if we put that on the shelf, um, it's, it's a lineup that is, as we've talked about, it's really the only – chance for this team to make any sort of run to the playoffs this year is, is if the lineup carries them there and obviously nola does what he, he needs to do is as uh, it's almost like a given at this point we're like aaron nola be fine everything else needs to figure itself out and and again you don't trust the the starting rotation at all you don't trust the bullpen even though they keep finding ways to get out <laughs> mike morin has been really good here in terms of just the numbers same with um, you know, Blake Parker, since he's been here, other than a, a couple bad outings, or Jared Hughes, for the most part, gave up that home run against the Padres, but has been pretty darn good uh, for the most part when asked to be called upon. These are guys they picked up off the scrap heap, guys who weren't wanted by other teams, as we've talked about a ton of times, and yet they're pitching in the seventh and eighth inning of tie or lead games, late in games, they're high leverage spots, and for the most part, they're having a lot more success than you would think they should, so... Um, you can't hope or you can't expect that to, to hold up, but you can hope it holds up. And regardless, I think when you look at the team, the starting pitching, the biggest issue, but the one thing that, that has a chance to really carry them is the is the lineup. And if Harper's going and these other guys can get going, it's, again, and we haven't seen the lineup really burst out that much. They had a good series against Chicago, Charlie's first game, the Harper uh, Grand Slam, sixth inning, ninth, the first game against the Padres. And then since then, they've really gone cold. They've won two of four since then, but you know they score uh, three and two in those last two games against the Padres, and three and five against the Red Sox. So it's not like they've been a juggernaut offensively, but they won some games. And if the offense can start clicking and, and give them enough, and this bullpen can keep piecing it together and finding ways to get out, then you know who knows? Maybe they can make a little mini run here over this uh, portion of the schedule, where, as we've discussed, they kind of have to with the. Marlins and the Pirates and the Reds and, and the Mets who keep winning. The Mets, another walk-off last night, which is, of course, incredibly frustrating that they keep finding ways to win too. But that'll be some big series coming up against the Mets. So um, now's the time. And, and again, I, I can't say I expect it just because we have too much evidence that they keep reverting back, regressing back after after getting excited and, and six of eight, and then they lose two in, in, in Miami. I mean, it just feels like the – type of season it's been but if they can go into Miami and win a couple I mean all of a sudden it gets interesting it gets interesting and they can start to kind of maybe build momentum again which has not been something that they have done this season so you hope again it's it's more of a hope than an expecting but they've won six of eight and that is uh that is something at least so um good stuff they're moving in the right direction at least coming up uh, there was an interesting proposition. This is more of an off-season thing, uh, not for now, as we've talked a lot about Reese Hoskins and potential for maybe him turning it around with Charlie's help and all that. But there was an interesting hypothetical Joe Giglio threw out and wrote an article about about Reese Hoskins, which I wanted to get into. Um, and then, of course, we will look ahead to the upcoming series of the Marlins as that will start tomorrow in Miami, off day today. More time for Phillies to head to Miami and also maybe for Charlie to work with Reese and really continue to try and get that 
Rome. We will dive into all that and more coming up in just a minute. It's Philly Today, James Seltzer. We're coming right back. We are back, Phillies today. James Seltzer coming up in a minute. We'll look ahead to what's coming up the rest of the week for the Phillies and another uh, interesting baseball note I want to get into. But first, yesterday, uh, and this was kind of a um, hot topic on social media, but also uh, Joe Giglio, WIP host and writes for NJ.com, wrote an article for NJ.com about the idea of, in the offseason, trading Reese Hoskins for a pitcher. And the idea being that he, he offered two hypotheticals, option A, Keep Hoskins and call up Alec Bohm to play third base and sign the best starting pitcher available, Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole is awesome, and he will cost $200 million on the market, but he is an outstanding pitcher, uh, one of the Cy Young contenders in the American League, a great, great, great pitcher. Option B, move Bohm, a suspect defender at third, he said, which is true, to first base and sign national star Anthony Rendon and then trade Hoskins for a young impact pitcher. And they are both really interesting scenarios here i i when i first read it and first thought about the hypothetical i leaned towards keeping hoskins and putting bohm at third and bringing in garrett cole because garrett cole's a stud and i don't usually like to give out monster contracts to pitchers but garrett cole is about as good as they come and uh, i would i understand that but he does make a compelling case when you look at some of the names he throws out as a type of guy Hoskins could be traded for. Lucas Giolito, former number one prospect in baseball, has finally busted out for the White Sox this year. That's an interesting name under club control through 2023. Is a had a 12-strikeout complete game last night. He's got a uh, outstanding season, a Cy Young contender, uh, really breaking out. Interesting name there. Herman Marquez of the Rockies, who's um, had an up-and-down year, but is a really talented pitcher. If you watch him pitch, he's got stuff, and I think moving him out of Colorado would make a big difference. Club control through 2022. Luis Severino of the Yankees, who last year was amazing for them and then been hurt all year this year, but a really talented young pitcher, uh, 2023 club control. He mentions Frankie Montes of the A's, uh, who I wouldn't have as much interest in, 26, but I, I don't like Montes as much as the others. But then Blake Snell, who's under club control, through 2023, of course, won the Cy Young in the American League last year of the Rays um, as someone else uh, you could trade Hoskins for. And look, I don't know if any of those trades are, are something that would definitely happen or how realistic they are, but they do sound somewhat fair for a guy of Hoskins, what he's under control, what he's already proven at the major league level and all that. But I really come back to the fact that I I think I wouldn't do it. I, I think I would rather have Hoskins and bomb. And look, and I think the, the part of this that, that – Shouldn't be undersold is that Anthony Rendon, if you get him, you, you're whatever. I mean, he's amazing. He is one of the best hitters in baseball. I would love to have Anthony Rendon here. So I'm not saying that um, it's an easy decision. I, I just, I think that Reese Hoskins has more to give. I, I like where his career is headed. And again, I know he's mired in a big slump, but I still believe that Reese can figure it out and can be a more consistent hitter. And I love Garrett Cole, but it's a really tantalizing, interesting hypothetical. And he got killed a lot for the idea of offering up Hoskins. But look, it is an interesting hypothetical just in the idea that when you think about where this team is at heading into the offseason, when you think about where they're at, look, we all know, we just talked about it a bunch. They have Aaron Nolan, nothing else at starting pitcher. That's it. And moving forward, who do you feel like you can count on moving into the future? Zach Eflin? Obviously not. Nick Pavetta? Obviously not. I mean, Jason Vargas is you know, uh, a stopgap type thing, uh, you know, Drew Smiley, no, Arietta, clearly not. They don't have a ton in the Myers other than Spencer Howard, who I'm really excited about, but you need more pitching. So it is something where the idea of Trey Hoskins comes from, is born from the idea that this team needs pitching. 
and there's really no obvious avenue for them to get it if they don't want to go spend a bunch of money on Garrett Cole. And look, there are other options. There are smaller types of deals they can make, but it's a real issue. There is not a uh, there is not a lot of of high quality starting pitchers, certainly on the free agent market, and really that you can trade for if you're not going to give up something of real value. And the Phillies minor league system, as we know, is not as strong as we all thought and hoped it was or would be. So uh, in terms of just value, in terms of what they can give up, they don't really have a lot of options. And and they do have an internal way to replace Rees from a bomb could absolutely play first base. He could be the similar type of bat. You know, their, their upside is similar. And, and then you bring in Rendon, who's an outstanding player. So um, it's really interesting hypothetical. I don't think he deserved a lot of that. Julio, I mean, that the kind of derision that he got for suggesting it, because I do think it's a reasonable thing to suggest when you look at where this team is at and, you know, the the lack of, of starting pitching options that they have internally and the ability to get them externally with, with you know, not a lot to give up. So I think ultimately I, I come down on the idea that I, I would want to keep Rees, but... I, I could really see going either way on this. I thought it was a really interesting hypothetical. Either way, either way, this is an off-season discussion right now. Reason going anywhere, and if he can get hot, if he can get back locked in again with Charlie's help, maybe whatever, um, and a nice series in Boston in the leadoff spot, then they got something going. We got something special, something cooking potentially. So an exciting thing to think about. One quick note before we look ahead to what's coming up over the weekend. Um, uh, it looks like, and this was a report that was out um, uh, all over. Um, it looks like that uh, we might have advertisements, patches and whatnot, coming to Major League uniforms in the near future. Uh, 2022 is the uh, first year where it's uh, expected to be instituted. There are still issues with the collective bargaining agreement. Um, they have to figure out, obviously, NBA uh, added it to their jerseys before the 2017-2018 season and uh, generates money for teams. I just think, like, I know there are a lot of baseball purists who it bothers. For me, it's it's whatever. I think that, ba- you know, everything is heading that way. You know, there's so many uniforms that have ads on it. It doesn't really bother me that much. I know there are a lot of people who really bothers. I think there are a lot of people who don't take kindly to this idea and, and say, look, and, and to be fair, look, they make way more than enough money as it is, right? I mean, these teams are certainly not hurting for cash. These valuations of these franchises have gone up and up and up and up. Um, they have these huge TV deals, the, their own networks in some cases, all that stuff. So, you know, I, I get the argument that do we really need more? But I also am not as, uh, you know, I, I'm not as upset about it. I, I've expected it. It's not something that would shock me. But I, I do agree, I guess, with the idea of you just want to say on a basic level, what do they need to do that for us? It's not not fair. I'll say that. All right, looking at a uh, big series with the Marlins. And it's one of those where, as we said, you know, they – they really all season long. This is what they've done. They they've you know su- you know surprised us with a a couple exciting wins, and then they've gone and and played terribly against a bad team. They do, they've done it all year long. So I think it's it's you almost going to this expecting them to lose two or three of the Marlins or get swept or something. But man, if they could just find a way to to play some good baseball down there and get some momentum, really could be uh, exciting. Big series, as we know, starts uh, Friday night. Tomorrow night, Vince Velasquez against Hector Noesi in game one in a 7-10 start. Saturday, a 6-10 start. Zach Eflin, you don't feel good again uh, in any situation. He's against Jordan Yamamoto. And then on Sunday, a 1-10 start, Jason Vargas against Hernandez for the uh, Marlins. Alicia Hernandez, who has pitched uh, not great for them. Look, I think this is a, a nice spot. The, the Marlins are just a bad team. And I know they've 
handled the Phillies at times this year. The Phillies are a better team. They're not facing good pitchers. They should have a chance to to handle this series. Will they? Who knows? It's the 2019 Phillies, so I wouldn't be shocked if they didn't, but I think they can. Look, we'll dive into the series tomorrow, look at why they think they have a really good chance to kind of break this Marlins curse and, and go down and win two of three at least um, and uh, dive into that and what's coming up ahead and a whole lot Whereas uh, Philly's off again today, a nice off day for them. So we will look ahead to the weekend and a whole lot more tomorrow. So until then, thank you for listening to Philly's Day right here on the Philly's 24-7 Network.